Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. G'day, guys. Thank you very much for joining in, and uh, thank you, Russell Hibbs, for the wonderful uh, intro, the Outback Mind intro, Live Life with an Outback Mind. Um, that's what it's all about, staying calm, relaxed, grounded, and centred, and um, yeah, episode 184 here. Today, I have Ben Atkin uh, with me from Tasmania. Uh, ben um, is or was a, a fantastic footballer with uh, the Glenorchy Football Club, Claremont Football Club, and Tasmanian Devils in the VFL. Um, great wingman, um, really interesting story um, growing up in the northern suburbs of Hobart there. So uh, going to talk all about that and um, you know his transition through footy and sort of coming out of footy and um, what life sort of... Um, is uh, unfolding for him at the moment. So a really terrific fella, really great uh, sportsman. And um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to learn lots from this chat with Ben about uh, life in Hobart and uh, the rough and tumble uh, uh, ways of the northern suburbs and all the good and bad uh, around that. So um, yeah, I'm sure, sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Really appreciate your feedback too. Just want to make special mention to The Real Shift to support the podcast. So if you have a blockage in your life, you want to try and make a change, uh, you've got a habit you want to try and get rid of, they've got a nine-week deep dive program which starts soon, takes people on a journey of self-discovery and uh, shifts things in us that, uh, that we sometimes uh, find uh, difficult to move on. So uh, these guys are really good at what they do. Uh, great investment in yourself, it's around $1,000, I think. And if you mention the Outback Mine podcast, you get a 10% discount. So jump online, it's therealshift.com. If you go to realshift.com forward slash deep dive, you'll see a bit about the program there. And uh, yeah, please uh, send the guys a message, uh, ask any questions. And I'm sure if you do invest in yourself, the return on investment is uh, significant. So, uh, you know, really encourage you to, uh, to, to maybe look at uh, making the changes now and, uh, and moving ahead with your life and, uh, and getting on with uh, living your best life. That's what it's all about. So, all righty, appreciate your chat with uh, Ben and I. Uh, sorry, uh, your feedback with the chat with Ben and I. Uh, please email me to support at outbackmind.com.au. Please uh, check out the website, outbackmind.org.au. We're just about to set up, uh, we are set up as a foundation now as a charity to be able to do more men's health work throughout Australia. Um, yeah, if you're keen to maybe make a donation, we'd be really grateful uh, as well. So um, it's outbackmind.org.au. Alrighty, uh, thanks for listening in to Ben and I. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. G'day, Ben. G'day Aaron, how are you going mate? Very well mate, uh, really grateful to have you along here. Um, loved your work as a player down there in Tassie and uh, certainly, um, yeah, we're going to talk a bit about that and, um, you know, some of the some of the things around football. I know it's probably been a pretty big part of your life and, um, yeah, you, uh, you're at the uh, other side of it now, so just the transition out of footy and uh, all that sort of stuff, mate. So tell me... Um, 
you were brought up in, in Claremont, is that right, or around the area there? Yeah, look, I played all my junior footy in Claremont. I, I lived in Claremont all my life until I was about um, oh, 20-odd. Um, yeah, played junior footy at Claremont um, Juniors and, and went and watched Claremont Seniors most Saturday afternoons during footy season. It was mm. great. Rough as guts, mate, I'd imagine. Um, it rem- oh, yeah, it, rem- it reminds me a lot of where I was brought up in, in Victoria and Horsham, and it was the same thing, mate. It was rough, you know, and... Um, I, I can just imagine what it was like as a young fella sort of playing junior footy and then going to the seniors in the afternoon and maybe getting a pie and running the boundary and that sort of stuff and some of the things you would have observed. Yeah, I was more of a scoreboard attendant, mate. I, <laughs> I used to put the numbers in the scoreboard. That was fun. I used to get a pie and a, a, pie and a can of Coke yeah, okay. doing that, and that was, that was great. That's it. I remember one afternoon myself... Uh, I, I had to get the ball from when it got uh, kicked uh, over the fence... Uh, I got a I got a pie and a can of coke for that, and it was pissing rain the whole afternoon. So uh, imagine trying to get kids to do that these days. You'd have Buckley's hope. Well, yeah, I think Abbotsfield Park, where where we used to go, she's got a um, a net down the end where the highway is, because that that's where all the balls used to get knocked <laughs> off from. <laughs> I can imagine, mate. What were some of the things that um, that sort of stick out for you as a young fella hanging around there? Yeah, look. Um, Pretty tight-knit community, everyone sort of knew everyone, um, and everyone um, went to the Claremont um, games of a Saturday afternoon, whether it was at home or away, we all travelled, um, you know, and yeah, it was good, just a great atmosphere, everyone looked after each other, the big kids looked after the little kids, and um, we all had a kick after the game and at half-time, and went in the, in the club, uh, in the change rooms and listened to the pre-game and the half-time talks, it was, it was really awesome, and, and you know, good grounding for, a, a, you know, a, a life in footy. Yeah, and there wouldn't have been uh, much holding back with language back then either, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> yeah, I learned all the P's and Q's back then, mate. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I, I remember it as well. It's pretty, uh, pretty, um, yeah, uh, pretty rough, that's for sure. But it was good because it was good grounding and you knew where you stood pretty early on as a young fella. Tell me... Um, yeah, look, sorry, go ahead. And the adults were great as well. The adults were great as well. Like the footy players all, you know, embraced the young, young kids coming in and and getting around them, so, you know, everyone made you feel welcome, which is really good. Who were some of the good players that you looked up to back then? Yeah, look, the ones that stick out to me were um, a guy named Stephen Cole. I think he came down from up in Devonport and played at Glenorch for a little while and then Claremont recruited him. Um, he used to kick 100 goals a season mm. um, in the 80s. Um, Kerry Millhouse, he was another one that came out from Glenorchy and, and kicked 100 goals multiple times. Um um, Diesel Williams, he coached Claremont to three or four premierships. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a few Noddy Moles. He was a tough on baller. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a great a great club to be around. What was the relationship like with Glenorchy? Only being like a few k's up the road, and that was in um, like a different comp, probably a higher standard comp. Yeah, so Glenorchy obviously played in the in the t- TFL um, before the statewide league came in. Um, we used to get along every now and then to a game down there, but that was sort of like a treat um, to go and watch the big league. We just used to go to the local league most of the time, and um, you know if there was a big game between Clarence and Lorca or something like that, we might we might go along and watch. But yeah, generally it was just the local footy. Mm. So what was it like as a young fella for you? You played, uh, I suppose back then you you're a bit younger than me, but we had to play under thirteens. There wasn't much, uh, you know, in between. You, you were like seven or eight, and all of a sudden you're playing against twelve-year-olds. Is that what you had to go through? No, nah, from memory, 
we went right through, started in under eights um, when I was five, I think. So we had a couple of years in the under eights, two or three years in there. And then it was just eights, nines, tens, elevens, twelves. And then it was high school footy. So there was, it wasn't under thirteens or fourteens or anything like that. It was just straight into high school football yep. um, until until you left high school. And then it was under seventeens or under nineteens down at Glenorchy yes, in the yeah. state league or in the TFL. So coming through as a young fellow for you, um, were you were you sort of pretty pretty talented, or did you have to sort of work quite hard um, to be able to sort of get uh, to get be, 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 become good enough and sort of get to a standard there? Yeah, look, I, I, I'm sort of a naturally athletic, I guess, um, good runner, but um, obviously footy skills are something that have developed over time. You don't just pick those up. So mm. yeah, I used to work pretty hard on my uh, left and right foot, left and right hand, and marking and all those sorts of things, and I used to love it. So. Um, you know, it was no problem to me to go out and kick the ball till it was dark every night um, just to work on my skills. Yes, yeah, absolutely, mate. Tell me, so coming through, you you played at Claremont. Did you sort of gravitate to Glenorchy or did you sort of stay there as a player until you sort of got a bit older and then sort of moved on from there? No, so, um, yeah, like I said, we played under 12s at, at, at the Claremont Junior Footy Club and then um, high school, 7, 8, 9 and 10. And then in grade 10, um, the coach of Glenorchy at the time, uh, Kim Maxwell, he's the under-19 coach, he come down and asked me to go down and do the next pre-season after the, um, I think it was 91, 1991, go back a while now. Yeah, um, yeah so that's, that, they just basically went around the high schools and, and recruited the players that they wanted to, um, you know, try out for them down there, and that's what I did. And, and luckily enough, I um, I sort of got a few games, and, and by the time I was sixteen, I was playing seniors. Mm, good old days. Tell me, mates. Um, so sixteen, were you drinking at uh, at the club rooms with the boys after the game back then, or did they sort of look after you a bit better? Uh, a couple of sly drinks in the club rooms, more on the bus trips, I think, on, on the way back from Launceston and, and the northwest coast, we'd get a couple of beers in us, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, look, just a great atmosphere and, and you know, great supporters around the Glenorchy Footy Club and, and just a, a great time to be around the club in the in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Did you think, like, not so much think, but, like, were you a, 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 a possibility to maybe get drafted back then, do you reckon, or were you sort of, like, content just to play local football? Um, look, I, I always had that as a goal. Um, I think every young kid dreams of playing AFL. Um, I certainly worked and wanted to be an AFL player and, and sort of did, did as much as I thought I needed to, but in hindsight, I could have done a lot more mm, yeah. <laughs> when you look back now. Um, but yeah, I always wanted to be, but you know, you, you see how many kids want to be and then how many actually make it, you, you know, I was very sceptical whether I'd get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Was there any other young fellows that did get a chance uh, around your sort of uh, scene and environment back then that actually got a got an opportunity to go to Melbourne and play? Yeah, look, I was a couple of years behind um, Matthew Mansfield and um, Andy Lovell, mm-hmm. Adrian Fletcher. Those guys were three or four years older than me, so I sort of aspired to be like those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Kellis was my age. He got drafted to Richmond yep. um, in 1993, I think that was. So, um, yeah, there, there wasn't a lot. It's, it's always been the same because we get, we get a couple picked up each year if we're lucky. And, and um, yeah, that was what it was like back then. Mm, incredible, mate. So, so coming through, 
Uh, you were playing seniors at 16. Was, was it long until you actually like got uh, an opportunity to play in successful sides, like in premiership sides and so forth back then? Yeah, so the first year we struggled. Um, that was 92. That was my first year I played most of the games, I think, in the seniors. That was because we had a pretty average team. Um, but uh, the following year they recruited um, a couple of good players. I think Matthew Mansfield might have been one of the guys that came down. And so, um, you know, we had some, some talent around. And, um, yeah, we, well, I think we made finals the second year. But in my nine years at Glenorchy, I never played finals three of those years. So, mm. you know, we weren't that successful. Mm. So were you playing, so you played nine years before you actually like got, a, got into the Devils outfit or were you in that sort of scene or system before your time at Glenorchy finished up? Um, so so what, how it went was I played, I played nine years at Glenorchy and then in 2001 the Devils um, came into existence um, and, and that's when they sort of... Um, the, the league went around and asked players to go and train pre-season um, and, and from that they picked their squad and their side. So, yeah, I, I sort of um, went straight to the Devils from Glenorchy. I didn't, I didn't um, stay at Glenorchy after that. It was just basically I was committed to the Devils and, mm. and that's, that was from the inception of the Devils. Mm. Mate, what was it like for you like, like back then? Was it like exciting? Was it actually like a really... Uh, a real motivation to actually get involved in something like that? Yeah, it was. Um, at the end of the 2000 season, I actually, um, just uh, not to skate, I um, had a bulging disc in my back and I'd missed most of the pre-season. So I missed most of the Devils' first pre-season, um, which was, you know, it drove me mental and, and I was really, um, really upset that I couldn't be a part of it because it looked like such, you know, it was such an opportunity. Mm. Um, but you know, I got that right, and, and halfway through the year, I was back in the team. And but I was I was underdone for that that first season, and then um, obviously big preseason, and then into two thousand and two, which you know we started to have some success. Mm, incredible, mate! Like you know, I, I I was around at the start of it. I think I come down to Tassie in two thousand and three, mate, and. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic, you know, to have this uh, this this side that was pretty much state-based, um, to be able to have, you know, some of the best footballers from the state, you know, coming together to, to play on a weekly basis and uh, and then go and, um, you know, play against the best players in the second-best competition in Australia, I just thought was, was amazing. And um, I just observed that like, you guys every week um, played it like it was a final pretty much, you know, you were actually like really, really, really engaged with what you were doing, everyone sort of cared about it and, uh, and the process, um, you know, sort of seemed to get better and better each week. Oh yeah, it was fantastic, it was, it was great to, to get to know guys from other clubs that, you know, had always been sort of the enemy, mm. um, to get to know them on a personal level and train with them and, and see how hard they worked um, was was really good mm. um and you know the atmosphere at games was was unbelievable the crowd you know obviously it was us against them that was our motto it was basically it was us against them mm. tassie against the rest and um you know we, we just used to use that as a, as a motivation for us every week and we used to just go out and scrap and 
you know, teams didn't like playing us because we were so hard at the ball and they were used to their, you know, getting down their own and, and playing nice, pretty footy. Mm. Um, we tried to, uh, you know, we were very physical and like getting on North Hobart Oval and, and making it a tough contest. Um, yeah, but it was it was great. It was good fun and some great memories for me. Mm. So it sort of built up to that 2002 and then each year it sort of seemed to get better and better. What were some of the, um, the, the, the real standout, like, memories on and off the field that you sort of experienced back then? Yeah, look, obviously our first win, we won, um, we beat Carlton um, in our first season at Princes Park. That was a real highlight, and you know, probably unexpected. We, we sort of, we knew we, we had some talent in our team, but we just, you know, we were coming up against players that were on AFL lists, and we, and we didn't, you know, personally, I did, didn't really think we were going to win too many games. Um, so that was a real highlight. Um, yeah, and and obviously once we once we got into the finals and, and won a couple of finals, that was um, that was probably really the highlight of my footy career, apart from mm. the premiership at Glenorchy. Mm, mm. Yeah, mate. Um, like just on that, like I, I loved I loved how you guys you know got to that stage where you're getting really close to getting into a grand final uh, and all that, and then I just think they got a, a bit greedy. You know, they actually like wanted to win a premiership, and then they started to look outside the uh, the fabric of the of, of the, the the team and the club and all that, and what the what the real guts of it was about. And then started to look outside for uh, you know talent and uh, and structure, which was probably the detriment um, to 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 your success. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I agree a bit. Um, obviously, you're talking about the, the North Melbourne um, alignment. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I think, I think when that when the players were against it, we wanted to keep, you know, give it opportunities to young guys from Tasmania. Um, you know, getting them some exposure, obviously giving guys a chance to be drafted. Plus the fact that we would build a bit of a culture of us against them, and, and we all knew each other, and we, you know, we would start to have some really good success. Mm. Um, you know, bringing guys in and. and you know, they weren't really committed. When North Melbourne came down and played for us, it was almost a kick in the guts to them that they weren't in the senior team. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they weren't fully committed to the cause of, of what we, we had developed and what we were trying to do. So, yeah, it, it didn't really work out. It was good in theory, but it just it never really clicked. Mm, yeah, I know. And, like, I think everyone wanted it too or just, you know, just accepted it and actually, like, you know, tried to embrace it, but it wasn't the same, you know, and... Um, uh, just having the you know that 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 fabric taken away from from a team, uh, the soul of it, you know, that's really what it was. Um, you know, it was 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 really really difficult um, from a supporter's point of view, but it would have been sort of you know tough as a, as a player because of what you'd built and so forth. And you know, mate, I I used to love watching you and uh, and the other guys just go about it. And um, was there much planning in that going into games? Did you learn a lot as a footballer? As you uh, as you got into that system with what Matthew Armstrong could bring, because I just sort of watched what he did with you, and you know had you one out um, on a wing with uh, with another guy, and you know sort of you know it was a one on one competition, uh, you know between you and him to to get the ball and then sort of get it forward, and I just really liked the way that he he coached and went about it. Yeah, look, I've got, I've got great respect for Matthew Armstrong as a coach and as a as a person, um, and you know what he did for. For the Devils program and for us as as, as individuals um, was amazing. Um, you know, me personally, he he um, just 
brought around a real professionalism and, you know, it was an AFL standard um, system that he ran, just obviously at a, at a VFL level and, um, you know, we, I still talk with um, Dogger now, uh, we've got a good relationship um, and, you know, yeah, it was just, it was good and, and the way that he treated us like, like we were AFL players, mm. obviously not at that level, but... Um, you know, it was very serious and very professional program, and it was it was a good time. Mm, yeah, you, you would have learnt quite a bit. I would have thought from sort of coming from Glenorchy, and obviously you weren't professional, but there was obviously a, a level of expectation to look after yourself on and off the field as well. Yeah, look, I um, at Glenorchy, I um, I wasn't big on weights. Uh, I, I was very fit, but but wasn't really right into the. The weights program, whereas um, as soon as I started with the Devils, you know, they got me right into the weights, and, and that's where my footy really developed to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being stronger in contests, um, overhead marking, um, and, and pack, you know, pack contests um, really improved. Um, you know, and obviously our fitness um, was taken to the next level as well with pre-season training. But obviously at Galoki, we were fairly fairly fit, but um, not as professional as it was at the VFL level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Tell me, um, so who were some of the, the better players that you not not that you played with? But I wouldn't say better, like you know, great players, but just great people that you actually were able to associate with and play with back then. Yeah, look, I'm still great mates with um, Ben Beams. He's probably my uh, Ben Beams and Ben Cowles, my two closest mates at the Devils. Yeah, um, I'm still re- really good mates with Ben Beams. We um, we coach together at the moment an under thirteen team, <laughs> yeah. um, which both both our kids play in. Yeah, um, lucky kids. And, you know, and Ben Cowles, I, I see him regularly. Um, Ian Callanan, um, I see him about the traps. A bit, um, Cameron Blight. He was a he was a great clubman. He was just um, you know always organising uh, functions and events and and things to keep the guys you know together on a social level. Mm. Um, you know, and we had guys like Cameron Thurley, Lee Walker, Matthew Gapen, Brett Gapen, yeah. um, all really great great blokes on and off the field. So yeah, no, there were some really really good guys. Some of the guys from up north as well, um, Nathan Howard. Um, you know, one of the toughest guys I've seen play footy and it was good to get to know him as well. Yeah, Lee Walker, he was good. He was from Lonnie, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a Lonnie boy. He moved down once the Devils um, got up and running and he, he was a champion footy player, just a, a good, tough, in and under, skillful uh, player. Yeah, yeah. North Hobart, I think he played for, didn't he? Yeah, he went to North Hobart. I think he might have finished up at Clarence for a year, but, um, yeah, no, good guy and a good footy player. So... The top three players for Talon, who were they that you played with, you reckon? Uh, I'd have to go with Talon, Cal- uh, <laughs> just for pure pure skill. Yep. Um, Beams, Ben Beams was just uh, just a great leader and a, a good guy and, and, you know, someone who'd just kick a goal when you needed it on the field. Um, and probably Nathan Howard was the other one, just uh, just one of the toughest guys I've ever seen play footy. Mm, yeah, he was awesome, Mike. I can nearly name the numbers. I reckon you were number two. Ben Beams was number... Yeah, that's right. Yep. Ben Beams was number 13. Yep. Callanan was number five. Yep. And I haven't got a clue what Nathan Howard was. But, um, yeah, I reckon... I've got those first three, right? So that's uh, that's not a bad memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's... Mind you, if I'd have kept drinking Cascade Draft, I wouldn't have remembered that. (laughs) 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 I'm glad I got away from that, but... 
But, mate, like the uh, – yeah, you're right. Those three guys were unbelievable. But there was also other fellas like um, Ben Setchell and there was, um, you know – just you know, like Justin Plapp and, and those sorts of fellas, they were they were tremendous to watch. You know, you knew when they got the ball, something was going to happen. Yeah, Justin Plapp, I forgot about him. He was he was a great player, and mm. Trent Bartlett. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Jason Heatley, he was good when he came down. He was obviously a goal kicking forward, and he he really gave us a target up forward that, that sort of structured us up pretty well. Mm. Um, yeah, no, there were some um, good guys. Um, uh, I was just trying to think. There was a guy, Jovanovic, uh, played full back for us. He was a, he was a good young guy that came out from Geelong. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, there was plenty of talent about it, that's for sure. Paul Kularitis? Yeah, Paul. Paul yeah. Kularitis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I think he came down after I'd finished, actually. Could could have done. So did you You didn't see it the whole program. You uh, you finished before it uh, came to an end? Yeah, I finished up in 2006 was my last year, and I think that was that might have been the first year that the North Melbourne alignment was um, was um, formed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I only had one year under that um, that alignment with North Melbourne, and it just I think I saw the writing on the wall. But mm-hmm. you know, an old guy like me was probably on the way out. So um, yeah, I retired from um, VFL and went and played back at Claremont, back where I started. Yep, it all sort of went from there. And how'd you find the difference in standard and obviously some of the behaviours when you uh, when you moved, <laughs> moved out, of the, out of that system? Yeah, look, to be honest with you, um, apart from the speed of the game, the the talent was still there in the in the local footy. I guess it's just the fitness level and the level of commitment that that's mm. um, uh, you know not as not as high standard. But um, you know, there's some. Some great talent that plays in the local footy. It's just guys that obviously aren't as committed to to the fitness and the the training side of things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's interesting, isn't it, how it's sort of evolved over the years. Like you know, training Tuesday, Thursday, and that's about it. And um, yeah, certainly um, to be able to to compete at a reasonable level, you got to put the work in, I guess. And you can tell the guys that do compared to the ones that don't. At the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. You know, if hard work pays off. It's an old saying, but it's true. Um, I think the, the biggest thing I noticed from the start of my career to the end was the rehab, um, the, the attitude towards rehab. Yep. Um, sorry about that, mate. There's a phone going off in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there you go. It's gone. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Yeah, the, re- the rehab... Um, you know, so a lot of things just, you know, the recovery, the, the pool sessions and the stretching and all those sorts of things, they weren't real big when I first started, but mm. obviously by the end, um, that was that was probably one of the biggest biggest things that we worked on was our, our body being right to play footy um, on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, um, like sort of uh, coming out of it, how many more years did you play at, at Claremont before you sort of hung, hung up the boots? I think... I, I did my knee. I missed the full season after I retired. I, I played. I think I played one year and then did and had a knee reconstruction, and then played. I think two more years after that. So it wasn't long. My body started to sort of slow down and give way on me. So um, yeah, I had issues with my back and with my knees, and you know everything started to <laughs> slow <laughs> down. So a little bit. yeah, that's when, true. When, yeah, when I was getting tackled by young fellas and, and slammed into the ground, I thought thought. No, that's it. Time to give it away. <laughs> you've got better things to do, particularly if you've got kids as well. So, yeah, but, but that's it. Where did the name Bucket come from? 
Oh, that one was around for a while. That, I got that when I first started down at Glenorchy. Um, we went on a, a bus trip, as we talked about earlier. went on a bus trip to, I think it was Launceston. might have been Bernie. Um, and on the way back, the boys had put a couple of beers into me, and, uh, yeah, I, I had to call for the bucket on the bus. Ah, right. I, I heard it come from a bong, from bucket bong, but... Uh... Yeah. That, nah, that, that's obviously no, incorrect. Well, not for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I you, so. you looked like you looked after yourself pretty well. I couldn't see you uh, putting your head over a bucket in front of it in, in, in a sink. <laughs> Put it I've that seen way, people so. do it, mate. I wouldn't do that. No, I think I did it once, and that was enough. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not 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 too fond memories with that one. So, so with regards to uh, to, to mental health um, as a player, like you. You were pretty good, baby. Did you experience um, much much around you that you probably weren't aware of back then, with regards to other guys and you know the way they sort of um, you know may have struggled through through certain times uh, throughout your footy career and probably into your work life. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, I guess um, you know you you think about yourself a lot um, when you're when you're a footy player and, and worrying about yourself, but. When you look back now, you know, I, I can think of a lot of times where, where guys probably just needed a chat, um, you know, that had a bad day or, or something like that, and, and guys would take the piss out of them in the change room. So yeah. I think attitudes have changed a lot. But, yeah, I recall guys that um, had issues with their families at home and, and you know, with drug use and, um, you know, losing their jobs and, and all sorts of things where, you know, today... You know, we're a lot more caring and, and supportive of people, but back in those days, it was just um, suck it up and move on. Mm, a bit more compassion, that's right. Yeah, I, I agree. But no, you're right. It was, and it still is. You know, pretty pretty tough. Um, you know, we have a bit of a culture as guys to uh, to, to 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 pull out the you know the the, 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 the toughen up card too, which is you know sometimes needed and necessary, but also a lot of the other times, you know, we. When someone's sort of struggling with something, we've got to be able to give them um, the ability to be able to listen. I think that's really important, you know. And um, the fabric of uh, of being a young fella and you know a man these days has changed a lot, you know, compared to what it was like probably when you were coming through in the nineties. And that where we've got more distraction and, and life was pretty structured and simple back then. You know, there's so much diversion now, and um, you know the mind gets uh, gets gets distracted pretty easily and um, yeah, I, I just think it's really important that, um, that you know, we, we help guys understand that it's okay to talk about things, good and bad, you know, with, with, with what's going on in their life because the more we keep stuck between our ears, then um, uh, the more challenging it actually starts to become for us to be able to, to get out of those, um, those sort of uh, belief systems and so forth and then to be able to, you know, feel, feel confident enough to open up um, um, to other people, I think, you know, is a challenge for a guy because we're always worried about what other people think about us. But uh, it'd be good to get your observation on that. You know, maybe as an employer now, and you know, have, having some of the guys that uh, that are working with you, whether that's sort of you know still something that you observe, or whether things might have uh, you know, slowly improved in your time in the role that you're in. Yeah, look, um, to be honest with you, um, I'm a contact officer at work and I, I have um, conversations with guys all the time about um, issues, um, not necessarily about work, but just about their, their personal issues, um, things that are worrying them, mm. um, you know, things that are on their mind. Um, we, we, as an employer at Glenorchy City Council, we're very supportive of um, people seeking assistance through employee assistance programs and things like that. Mm. 
Um, you know, one of the greatest things I've, I've listened to on the radio is the is the um, Speak Up stage chatty. Um, yeah, Mitch. You know that that program with Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just encouraging guys to talk, um, and, and it is such a big thing. Once you, once you, it's unbelievable. You actually feel so much better when you when you've gotten something off your chest, and, and I don't think guys realise it until they actually do it. Um, yeah. I've got a son who suffers with anxiety and, and just to talk to him, you can see him change from, you know, really, really anxious to, to sort of confident by the end of the conversation because he starts to believe in himself when you when you give him the time to listen. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And, yeah, lots of, like, I reckon I was like that as a young fella too, you know, but no one really gave you the time to listen to you and, um, um, yeah, things have probably changed. And, you know, credit to, to guys like Mitch and that to be able to make it more mainstream, to actually have these um, these things become more relevant, I, I guess. And, you know, thinking back while you were speaking then about, you know, Mitch's brother uh, who played a bit of footy, but also Matty Westfield, um, you know, he was probably around when, when you uh, were playing and, yep. and obviously took his yep. life as well. Yeah, look, mate, it's it's and, and they're not the only ones either. Like, it's 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 a it's just a it's a, 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 a something in our community that um, we, we need to address, and, and it's it's got to start with the conversation is the way to start it. Um, mm. You know, um, it's just a, it's a tough thing to 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 get our heads around, but obviously, the more we talk about it, the more we um, you know bring it out in the open. I think that's the best way to address it. Yeah, of course. So what, what, what do you do to look after yourself now? Like, uh, have you got, like, a pretty good routine or do you have some, some moments in life where you're sort of feeling a little bit um, a little bit flat, um, possibly as well, or are you pretty okay within yourself with the way you go about it? Um, look, I try and try and do some exercise every now and then to, to just to keep my mind, you know, away from everything that's going on in life. Um but but you know I've got three young kids that are that are a handful. Um, yeah. You know I've got a pretty pretty busy job that, that keeps me um, keeps me on my toes as well. But I, I definitely have moments where I feel overwhelmed or yeah. or um, you know I get a lot of built up anger and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I found the best way to, to, to deal with it is to talk to someone that you can trust and someone who who will listen um, and you know someone who, who you you've got a lot of respect for and it'll give you some good advice that you listen to. Yes, yeah, that's true. Great Northern cans will help, but um, they usually don't sort, <laughs> sort, sort the problem out, do they, at the end of the They're day? They're all right at the time, not good, <laughs> not good the next day. <laughs> no, that's it. Probably better than Cascade Draft, I reckon. But, oh, um, not as strong as Cascade Draft. <laughs> no, no, at that. But, mate, uh, it's really pleasing to hear and, um, you know, you, you need to be proud of yourself uh, for sort of, coming through, you know, from the School of Hard Knocks in, in Claremont and, uh, and, you know, being really successful as a, as a man and, you know, sticking to the job you've had for, for all these years and, you know, having a, a great footy career and, and now being in a position where you're helping others. So I think that's, that's, that's tremendous for someone like you and Ben to, to combine together to be able to, you know, help the young fellas out. And I reckon that would be probably pretty rewarding for you as well. Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I, I sort of live now for, for those training nights and, and especially game days. We've got a really talented group of kids who they're all really good mates. We're sort of pretty pretty hard on them. We, we're old school with our discipline and if they're late to, you know, turn up to a game or whatever, we'll, we'll put them on the bench. But we do it in a sort of a, in a, 
in a fair but firm way. So we, we're never abusive or anything like that. But but you know the boys understand that they what we expect from them. Yes. Um, and we've certainly seen the best come out of some of these kids and, and seen them grow and and develop into you know really fine young men. Which you know that's that's what we're about. That we we're here to to help and put back into what you know into the system that gave us so much. So mm. you know it's a it's a really really rewarding role that we're doing. And um, you know I've. I, Anyone out there who, who is thinking about coaching a, a, a team of any sport, um, take it on. It's, it's a really rewarding experience. Yeah, no doubt. And if you think back about you as a young fellow, mate, you would have had some pretty average coaches possibly coming through uh, at Claremont, I would have thought. But, um, you know... Oh, it, was always, it was always just one of the kids' dads, I think, when we <laughs> yeah. were young. It was just yeah. whoever's dad was in the wrong place at the wrong time got put in as a coach. That, that's right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they weren't, probably weren't too, um, um, you know, uh, uh, structured with the way that they actually, you know, uh, communicated and those sorts of things. A lot of the, the, the ones that I had were, 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 were pretty ordinary. But uh, I always remember the good ones and the ones that actually gave me guidance and advice and... And you've got the ability to be able to help a young fella significantly. You know, there's probably some young kids that are coming through that are probably, you know, not so much struggling, but they're coming from broken environments and, and you know, uh, a little bit of uncertainty around their, around their, you know, family unit and that sort of thing. For, to, to, to have a club structure where you can really help a young fella, I think, would be, um, you know, uh, really, really key um, to, to them moving forward in their own well-being and mental health because you've got such a great opportunity to be able to provide an impact. And I just reckon, you know, there's got to be more resources put into that um, uh, grassroots environment to be able to help, um, you know, uh, the new generations and next generations to be better people moving forward. Yeah, look, mate, I've got to be honest, um, the Coach AFL um, platform um, that, that's um, set out by the AFL to all the coaches now has some really good information about player welfare and, and dealing with, you know, recognising signs of, of, of people that are struggling and things like that. So um, I'll tell you what, we've come a long way from, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. Um, obviously, there's still more we can do, but, um, you know, the, the support networks that are out there at the moment are, are really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, agree. No, it's it's good. It's it's certainly getting better, and it's getting better as we uh, as we move on. And, and kids, you know, compared to when you were a 12, 13 year old boy, compared to now, uh, you know, as I said, so much more stimulation and distraction and diversion. They're probably not sleeping as well and all that sort of stuff. And um, you know, uh, it sounds like you've got a really good structure there and be able to help uh, yeah, young young fellows be be good people, you know, but also good players and, and help their, um, you know, advancement and, and progression, I think, is really key, mate. So good on you for that. And um, what's next for you, like, as far as your life's concerned? What are your, what are your goals and um, ambitions and so forth moving forward? Yeah, look, mate, I'm, <laughs> I hate to say it, I'm pretty simple. I, um, <laughs> I enjoy... I enjoy watching my kids with their sport and with their school. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time with my kids actually outside of um, footy and, and sports, but actually, you know, trying to get them to read and do their homework and all that sort of thing because I think that's as, as important as any sporting um, endeavour. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like going fishing. I take the boys fishing as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't really have any... Um, any big goals it's just to be happy and, and enjoy my family life and and see my kids be successful if i can that's true mate and, and, and good on you for that and you're in such a great environment down there where you've got so many options for a young fella so um yeah just keep doing what you're doing and enjoying it mate and um 
who knows, the Devils might get going again one day. You might be able to get involved and hopefully your kids will be able to get a get a kick. Uh, I think that's the missing link down there in Tassie. There's um, not a lot of pathway um, for, for for young fellas now. What, what's your observation with Tasmanian football and where it's heading? Yeah, look, I've been to a couple of um, couple of state league games this year and the standard seems to have dropped. Like the northern teams are pretty strong, um, but the, so- <clears throat> the southern teams... Um, you know, very young, very young, and and not a lot of um, ex AFL talent or any of that sort of thing, which there used to be back in the you know the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a worry, and I think um, a lot of a lot of the problem comes from teams in the country leagues and the, the local footy um, being cashed up, and and you know obviously paying players to play for them. Um, you know, a young fella can get just as much to play play train once a week and play on a Saturday as they can to to be committed to play state league. So I think, you know, to address the problem, you probably need to pump a heap of money into the lo- into the state league footy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that way you, you attract players to play. But, um, you know, unfortunately at the moment, a lot of players go to, to Victoria, to the BFL or to the SA NFL to try and give themselves a, a chance if they miss out on the draft, um, you know, through the underage um, state carnivals and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a shame. And, and that sort of stuff's been talked about for the last 10 years or more, hasn't it? But not much has actually been done about it. So, you know, um, I'm hoping that that will, that will change. You know, it's great to have these uh, ambitions of having an AFL team and all that sort of stuff, but you've got to get the... The nuts and bolts right i reckon to be able to um you know get get that sort of working well and then then have that uh, progression and you know talking to ben beams about it he's got no doubt that if the devils were still going you would have had an afl team by now yeah i probably agree a bit um you know that that would have been a real pathway for kids to to be, have, be exposed to, to that high level of uh, even the training um you know get a squad of 30 or 40 or 50 kids um, you know, training together and they're going to get better um, at a higher level. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it's an opportunity that was lost when the Devils um, wound up. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully one day they'll be back in the comp and, and that, that'll give the kids a pathway um, to get some exposure. But, you know, I think the AFL team, you know, I'm not convinced that, that it's going to work. I think, you know, looking at maybe a VFL team might be the, the best way to go at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Have a plan of maybe five, ten years and then and then sort of sink it in, you know. It's just, it's great. I, I hope it does happen. But, you know, a Band-Aid fix um, is probably not um, not the be-all and end-all to sort of get that pathway back again. I think it's really important and get um, get footy back to where it needs to be down there, mate. Oh, I think that's that's really key, so... Mate, um, it's been a pleasure and um, I'm going to let you go and get uh, back to your kids and your family and um, uh, really grateful for you to come along and have a chat. I don't suppose you've probably done too many podcasts, but it's been good to take a trip down memory lane and talk a bit about your life and your footy career and, and all the you know the good stuff that's come from that. So um, yeah, really, really pleased to have you on for a chat, mate, that's for sure. Well, yeah, no worries. And look, it's been great to, to, to like you say, go down memory lane and, and think about all those things. Um, you know, the, back in the days of uh, of the of the Devils and and you know those guys that you used to get so much pleasure about, you know, with playing footy with. So um, yeah, thank you, and and uh, you know, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. And and you know, I'm sure a lot of the guys that you mentioned uh, would be grateful for the recognition. So and I'm sure there's plenty more that we forgot, but. Uh, you know, it's always good to pay uh, respect to some of the people that uh, have supported you along the way and some of the, you know, the great people you've been involved with. So, um, yeah, really grateful for that, mate. Yeah, no worries. Yep. Thanks very much.